right? I was not the best behaved child in the world. Mischievous, I think, rather than malicious. I got up to all sorts of things. Um, first of all, I suppose I lived uh, a life of pretense for a long time before I fessed up to my mum and dad that I wasn't sure whether there was a God or not. Uh, and I've shared this with some of you before as well. Uh, my belief was an insurance policy. All right, so I'd say I'm going to believe there's a God just in case when I die there is a heaven because I don't want to go to hell. Um, and if there isn't, well, it won't have been a waste of time anyway and I've enjoyed being at church. And that was how I was. I was 17 when I gave my heart uh, finally to God. Um, I had to recognise that, yes, there is a God who loves me. After that, um, I got very involved with Christian things. There was um, Arthur Blessed, those of you that are old enough, walked around uh, many, many miles around the world with his cross. And I think it was the introduction of stickers for Jesus, right? And Arthur Blessed distributed thousands of these stickers with Jesus Loves You, they were orange. I confess, I got into serious trouble at work. At my job, I worked for the head office of a big national company as a computer programmer and analyst. And I decided I would use these lovely orange stickers to brighten up our workplace. And as I went up the drive, I put them on every bit of thing that I could. There were complaints from those who were much higher up in the organisation than I was. Who has done this? Who has defaced this? Who's put Jesus loves you over everything? And I had to confess and I had to go and take them all off because I got into quite a bit of trouble over that. When I was younger, I did all sorts of things that my parents didn't know. I had to confess to Darren yesterday. There is a, a fireplace, a stone fireplace in the lounge at home that has got a lot of the mortar missing around the stones. I wanted to be in a secret society when I was a girl. For those of you that remember the secret seven or the famous five, I was the secret seven personified. I was always looking for an adventure. And I decided that if I took the mortar out, I would be able to lift one of these big stones out and it would be a secret hiding place. I have never confessed that it was me that did that. Um, my mum and dad still think it was the heat from the fire that had managed to dislodge some of the water and it had fallen out. And something else that I never, ever told my mum and dad, and for most of you this will be a new thing as well, I returned home once in my early teens covered in mud. What have you been up to? Uh, Mum said as soon as I came through the door, because I really was messy. Um, I told them I had been to the park down the road and gone down the slide, and because it had been raining, there was a big muddy puddle at the bottom, and I'd come down the slide and I slipped into that. And that was how I had got very muddy. Not true. I had gone with a boyfriend um, up to Bumble Howell, and I'd been in the, you know, the big tunnel down there, 
so we could hide away and have a bit of private time. And there was a big sort of whole thing at the side of it, and I'd slipped whilst having a bit of passion and kissing. Quite young, didn't do any more than that, and fell in this ditch. Uh, I am ashamed that I have never confessed this, and I have told um, fibs to my mum and dad. Lots of things I used to get up to. I used to leave the church, I know some of you know this, the doors in the hall, the big ones, the fire doors over onto the car park. I used to hide in there after everybody had gone home and open the doors so that I could bring my friends up to play in the hall. I wouldn't get away with that, would I now, because the alarm would go off and stuff. But there are loads of things that I have done that are not the best. I once raced, because I was only... 17 and two months when I passed my driving test. And it was because the driving test was going up from 50p to 75p. It was still in old money and my driving instructor said, we're not paying that much. Forget that. So I'm putting in, you, in for your tests now. So we did, and I did pass my test. But we got an organisation within um, Worcestershire, as it was then. Netherton and Dudley were part of Worcestershire. And young people from the churches congregational churches as it was met together we used to have a great time and we had a meeting in Worcester and then I've got a boyfriend that lived in Pedmore he got a mini and I'd got an old Anglia and we raced one another up the motorway up the M5 back not a good idea I do not recommend this I, I will say that I think there were less cars on the road then that's my excuse. I wouldn't attempt to do that now. But even since I gave my heart to God, I've made loads of mistakes. I have messed up. And I have to confess those to God. And, you know, even this week, it's, it's what's laid it on my heart. There are, there are things that I haven't asked um, forgiveness for. Things that I've done that are against God, um, against other people where I've messed up. And I need to address those things. And we're going to take communion in a little while. And I want you to really think about that because God says when we come to take this meal together, this simple meal that reminds us of what he did, that we need to come in the right attitude and the right spirit. And perhaps it's time to really think about that. He says we need to make sure that we've not got anything against anybody else. You know, God says he forgives us completely, but we have to forgive others, all right? And it's hard, isn't it, sometimes? And I remember, especially with the bombing um, that's gone on this week, I remember back to the Enniskilling bombing. Some of you might remember that. And there was a Christian man there whose daughter lost her life uh, in that bomb. And do you know, he made so much difference uh, in people's lives. Why? Because he declared forgiveness over it. Oh, that's a hard thing to do uh, when your daughter's life's been taken in that terrible way. But he spoke out forgiveness because of his faith. And it made an incredible difference to people. It certainly moved me at that time. And I think we need to, we need to reflect on that. We need to speak out forgiveness. I have to forgive John this morning, because I found him up uh, on Messenger to say the new doors were there. I sent him some photographs. And he says, what are you doing up at church? He'd forgotten it was Sunday. 
<laughs> he thought I'd come up to do something else. So I'll forgive him for forgetting that we're here. He, he did say after that that he would um, remember to pray for us. I also remember another part of my confession when I became a Christian, I say, thinking that nobody else was a Christian. If they were, how could they behave like that? How dare they have that particular attitude? And it was something that I certainly had to, had to work through. So, I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians. That's what Paul had to say about the Lord's Supper. Just give me a moment to find that. I did get it up before it obviously decided it's going to go away. Paul's been discussing quite a lot of things with them, and I'm going to go back a few verses, and I've read it to you before out of the message. Because uh, it really is about us making sure that we're right with God, confessing those things, seeking forgiveness, sharing these things with one another. It says, regarding this next item, I'm not at all pleased. Right, straight talking. I'm getting the picture that when you meet together, it brings out your worst side instead of your best. First, I get this report on your divisiveness, competing with and criticising each other. I'm reluctant to believe it, but there it is. The best that can be said for it is that the testing process will bring truth into the open and confirm it. And then I find that you bring your divisions to worship. You come together and instead of eating the Lord's Supper, you bring in a lot of food from the outside and make pigs of yourselves. We don't do that, do we? But you get the drift. Some are left out and go home hungry. Others have to be carried out, too drunk to walk. I can't believe it. Don't you have your own homes to eat and drink in? Why would you stoop to desecrating God's church? Why would you actually shame God's poor? I never would have believed you would stoop to this. And I'm not going to stand by and say nothing. Let me go over with you again, exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it's so centrally important. And another confession here. Uh, when I was a young Christian, I didn't understand the importance um, of the Lord's Supper. It always came at the end of the service and there was an invitation given uh, for anyone who loved the Lord God to stay around the table I think, along with me, many of the people in church left and they didn't take that. And I couldn't see the point of it. It took me a while to understand that. But this is what Paul is reminding us about and why it's so important. And he received these instructions from Jesus himself and passed them on to you. The master Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread. Having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Do this. To remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with a cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. What you must solemnly realize 
is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. And I think this is a key thing that Paul said, you must never let familiarity breed contempt. Anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spat on him at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be part of? Examine your motives. Test your heart. Come to this meal in holy awe. Quite strong words, aren't they? Examine your motives. We can approach this with the knowledge that we can receive mercy and find grace. And it can help us in our time of need. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We're coming into the presence of God. And I shared this little reading just before we come um, to eat and drink. Uh, shared it with Tim Prayers on uh, Wednesday. And it's, it's one of the readings from this week and a couple more that I'm going to share with you a little later. And I, I've heard this before, but it's really worth listening to. So don't be like some of the classes at school who look as if they're listening, but their minds are elsewhere on their dinner or what uh, computer game they're going to play next to something. Really try and listen and take this in. Right, during the American Civil War, a soldier was granted permission to seek a presidential hearing due to a family tragedy. He went to Washington but was promptly refused entry and dismissed from the White House. He despaired of what to do and wandered down the road to a park where a little boy came up to him and asked what was wrong. The soldier poured out his story and woe. And that's the first step, isn't it? You know, if there's a problem, you need to let it go. You need to tell someone about it. It's just a little boy that he was talking to. To his surprise, the boy replied, come with me. He led the soldier back to the White House. None of the guards stopped them as they took a detour around the back. The various metal-emblazoned guards stood to attention as they walked past. The soldier couldn't believe what was happening. When they came to the presidential office, the boy entered without so much as a knock. The Secretary of State was briefing President Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln interrupted the Secretary of State and turned to the boy to ask, what can I do for you, Todd? Todd said, Dad, this soldier needs to talk to you. Hebrews 10.19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, that's what we're remembering today, the discouraged soldier had access to the president through the son. How much more do we have access to God through the Son, through his Son, Jesus, because of what he's done while we're having this meal together, this simple meal, to remind us of the cost of that. Both verses from Hebrews include the key word, confidence. We come 
with confidence. We need not be timid, but bold. Not because of what we've done, but because of who we are. We are children of God. Enjoy the assurance, confidence and security that knowledge brings. And let's come to him in that spirit, you know, because of the incredible, incredible privilege of being a child of God that is here with us. That is so incredible. You know, I pray that God will help us to act like a child of the King today. I'm going to ask you to spend um, a minute or so quietly now. You might need to turn to somebody else. You might need to pray with them. I'm not sure if you want to move out of pews. That's fine. But it's time to get real with God. I've confessed some silly things that I've done. I can't tell you all of them. It'd be uh, a bit too much, I think, for everybody to cope with. Those are just some, some fun and silly things, really. But it's time to get real with God. You know, to talk things over with him. If there's something in your heart, if there's an issue, if it's an issue against God, because sometimes we get angry with God and we think, why is this thing happening to us? Why is my life like this? Why am I in this position that I'm in? It might be that you've got a hurt or a grievance against somebody else. You need to let go of those things as well. Right? And it's, it's time. It's time to do that. I really believe now. You're going to be timid or you're going to be bold and come to God. I say it's your choice whether you want to pray quietly, you want to share uh, with somebody else. But we'll have, uh, you know, if Lib's going to play, we'll just have a, a quiet time for two or three minutes to do that. Well, Lord God, we thank you for the incredible privilege of being your child. Thank you that we may be able to hide things from other people. Hide how we're feeling, things that we've done, our thoughts. We can hide nothing from you, Lord God. And that's a bit scary sometimes. But we thank you that you look into our hearts and you still love us. And you demonstrated that love by the gift of your son. And you allowed him to suffer and go through incredible pain. His passion was that we might, through his sacrifice, come into relationship with you. And Lord God, we thank you for that. Uh, I ask, Lord God, that you challenge us, and, and me too, that you'd really challenge us about things perhaps that aren't right in our lives at the moment. So we break your first commandment to love you with heart, soul, body, mind everything that we are, the first and most important commandment, Lord, and we break that daily. Lord, forgive us for that. Just help us to set time aside today to just think through these things and if the words we need to speak out to people, if we need to ask forgiveness or we need to show forgiveness, Lord God, um, and just give us that courage and that boldness. Help us not to be timid but to be bold because we can come to you with anything and everything and you will support us in that, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you for this simple meal that we're going to share together now. Help us to remember everything that you have done for us. Help us to stand firm for you. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. <laughs>